Welcome to the Extra Unordinary, a podcast where extra people talk on ordinary media. My name is Addison, and tonight we have a very, very special episode. With me tonight, we have, as always, Joe. Hello, everybody. Nice to have you back. Thanks for listening, as always. All right. And a very special guest, we have Eddie. Howdy. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Eddie is uh, the token dude on the Bloodless podcast. I feel a great sense of responsibility <laughs> to represent my my lady crew right now. Oh, yeah. It is. If you haven't listened to it, I talk about it a lot on here, and I highly recommend it, especially if you like horror movies. And bad jokes. I never not laugh while listening to an episode of you. Well, that's great. I was listening to the Puppet Master episode earlier today. Sorry to disappoint you. Well, you agreed with Amy, so you were not disappointed. I, I, I usually agree with Amy on most things. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about Probably my favorite horror movie that's come out in the last 10 years. And yes, that actually does beat Hereditary. Wow. Yeah. That says a lot for you. I really, really liked Hereditary. I know, Eddie, you didn't enjoy it as much as me, but I I really did love it. That seems to be the thing. It's either people are like me and they're like, I've seen... I've seen better, I've seen worse, or people are all in, like, they're like, I've seen Hereditary a hundred times now. I've seen it about five times now, and it always gets me, and I really, really like it. It just really clicked for me. It really for you. <laughs> um, actually, that brings up a really good topic for tonight. I, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about The Witch. And I have not mentioned that before. Um, so I adopted a very sweet little fluffy black cat. And my plan was to name him Black Philip. <laughs> However, two days before I adopted him, I broke up my, with my boyfriend, who was regular Philip. Oh. It's fine. Uh, well, not the breakup, but it's just the, uh, you know, the missed opportunity of an excellent name for a critter. I know. That doesn't sound racist at all. I didn't want to look like a fucking psychopath, so I axed Black Phillip and I went with Payman. Still fine, very fine cat name. Very fine cat name. He actually likes to wake me in the middle of the night and scare me with very loud noises. Does he talk to you too? He doesn't talk to me, but he does squeak and it's quite cute. Aww. I know. But on the topic of pets named Black Phillip, I'm really glad Eddie is with us tonight. Because he does have his own little black Philip. Yeah, I literally own a, a 
a goat that looks just like Black Phillip from this movie named Black Phillip. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, he's a little bastard. Just like the Black Phillip in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it. Uh, <laughs> so that does bring us for our question tonight. What little cuddly little animal would you like to see as Satan next? Joe, why don't you go first? Initial response when I saw the question was koalas or kangaroos, because I love both. I'm very fond of the down-under Australian animals. But I'm going to change my answer, because after seeing, like, so many different movies by, like, Hitchcock with the birds and, and the ants and sharks and all this other stuff, I don't think I've seen a movie yet about squirrels. And I think there should be one about squirrels. I think you're onto something. Oh my gosh. They're already halfway evil. What? It, it shouldn't be that difficult. Halfway? Even more. Those creatures are lethal. I'm not convinced they already aren't Satan. <laughs> they are definitely little minions of some sort. Yeah. They are very cute. But very, very evil. Eddie, what about you? It, it has to be adorable and cute, yes. It doesn't have to be. I was just thinking when you started, when you said the birds, it made me think, how weird would it be to have, you know, parrots already talk? That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's just like a, uh, you know, pet shop parrot that kind of like is whispering in somebody's ear, but, you know, son of Sam's them. <laughs> like that. That's really funny. I do like that. I just imagine like a bird, a very colorful bird just going, Squawk! Hail Satan! (laughs) (laughs) And that does please me. Um, So with this bird that you bought, would it be like second hand to where it used to just watch these rituals happening in the living room of where it was stored? Or would it just naturally be possessed by some sort of demonic spirit and be saying these things randomly and not repeating what it heard previously? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with it started off as a normal parrot, and then during some sort of ritual, it's a little bit of a slipstream demon, little little runoff demon from the ritual gets stuck in there, and then, he, you know, those things lived a long time. You could have a lot of owners, ruin a lot of lives. Like oh my gosh. movies we could have. You could be on the Parrot 11 in no time. You're on to something. Eventually you can make a parody of it, too. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Joe, I love you and your terrible jokes. <laughs> um, for me... I don't know. I I think I'm with kind of with Joe. Like, have you ever seen that episode of South Park with the woodland critters? Oh, yeah. I think, like, something like a very 
young little bunny or a doe just going around. A hedgehog. A hedgehog. That'd be great. A sloth. Honestly, I think that would appeal to some of the more lazy people who don't, you know, don't know if they should put up the energy of converting to our Dark Lord Satan. It would be very unsuspecting, because you wouldn't think a sloth. He'd give you a really long, slow pitch on coming to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just like, I just really like the idea of cuddly little animals just being totally evil. Because I, too, am small and adorable and very evil. So a totally random story, now that you're mentioning woodland critters. Yes. Out delivering pizza. This is probably like 20, 15 years ago, somewhere in there. It's a long time ago. I'm driving down the street. It's dark outside. It's night. I had just moved to Georgia. Up in Minnesota, we don't have armadillos that, like, run across the road or whatever. So this tiny little creature runs across the road. I slam on my brakes to try to avoid it. As I slam on the brakes, I feel something going, hits underneath the car, and something scratches my leg. Totally freaks me out because I'm thinking this creature just came up through the undercarriage of my car. So I pull over and turn on the lights. When I hit the brakes, some CDs fell off the seat that was next to me. <laughs> it wasn't the creature at all, but it scared the crap out of me that this thing was trying to attack me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you survived. <laughs> Me too. With both legs. I was very happy about that. <laughs> All right. So, I really do hope that you have seen The Witch. We do. This is a totally spoiler-filled zone. So, if you haven't seen The Witch, go watch it. Go watch it instead of the other billions of shitty horror movies that people are going to tell you to go watch. Do you think they should watch it with subtitles? Because I always recommend when people watch it, they watch it with the subtitles on. Yes, I have the perfect recommendation for this movie. You should watch it on a very large screen with very good sound. Turn on the subtitles. Extra points if it's dark and rainy out. With a nice blanket. And, like, hot cocoa or cider. Blood. Rain liquor. Rain liquor. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this movie drunk. However you kickback. <laughs> Alright. So, this movie, just to briefly overcap... This movie is about a very devout family. Uh, this movie was written and directed directed by Robert Eggers. It stars Anya Taylor Joy, who love her, love her. Oh yeah, she's great. Uh, she really is. Be I don't know if she's becoming like a household name, but she is becoming very recognizable. Like she was in Split. She's going to be in the sequel to that, and she was excellent in Split. She was oh, in. Agreed. Agreed. Thoroughbreds. If you haven't seen Thoroughbreds, very slow movie, but she does an amazing job in that movie too. 
Oh, yeah. She's great in that movie. She's been in a couple other things as well. Mostly uh, genre stuff. But I do think she's becoming a very fine scream queen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She'll go down in the history books of horror. Agreed. All right. It also stars Ralph Innocent, Kate Dixon, Harvey Scrimshaw, and Bathsheba Garnet. I bet you'll never guess who Bathsheba plays in this movie. Spoiler, it's the witch. (laughs) One of them. Yes. Just her name sounds like a witch name. Bathsheba. I know, right? Okay. This movie was released at Sundance in January 2015 and got a theatrical release in February 2016. Has a very high score on Rotten Tomatoes at 91%. And as I've stated before, I think this is one of the best horror movies ever made. And we're going to get into why. But just to recap... So, a deeply devoted religious family in 1600s New England are banished from their town for being too... They're really wing-nutty. We were talking about this last time we watched this. I was trying to decide if they were too hardcore religious or not religious enough. Were they too hardcore religious for the whole town? I... You know, I don't think it was because they were too religious. I think it was because they have a different interpretation than everybody else did. I think it was just they were bummers, and everyone was like, get out of town, you bummers. Yeah, they were kind of the worst. (laughs) So, the father, William, takes his family to the outskirts of town, or somewhere far away from that town, to build a farm. The family consists of his wife, Catherine... Kate Dixon, who was... She was someone in Game of Thrones. Um, Lysa? Lisa Aaron? Yeah, Lysa Aaron. Yeah. Uh, Eldest daughter, Thomason. Anya Taylor-Joy. Eldest son, Caleb, which is Harvey Scrimshaw. The twins, Mercy and Jonas, who have names, but they're not on the Google Sheet. And we baby Sam. It doesn't last very long. No. No. <laughs> Soon enough, as all horror movies, weird shit starts happening, such as we baby Sam going missing, only to be shown to the viewer as being squished into goo for the titular witch. Of course, this does spark discussion as a witch of a witch, also God's wrath amongst the people who follow him, or don't follow him, or even follow him so devoutly, but God's just like, eh, no, I don't like you, you're going to hell. So, slowly but surely, more chaos ruptures within the family. Caleb goes missing, is lured into the woods by the witch and as a he's probably like 10 11 
around there. He is yep. starting to get into boobies. <laughs> that is exactly the fucking plot of the movie. His story arc in the movie. He's a boy who's getting into boobies. That's his entire storyline. I know. Which is really Poor sad. Kid. <laughs> Poor kid. So he gets lost in the wood. He he like kisses the witch, or like the witch lures him in, and he shows up and he's like stupid sick. Goes absolutely insane, coughs up a rotten apple and dies. So that's kid number two gone. It's high tensions between the family. Like, some, like, the mom thinks Thomason stole a cup. However, William sold it so they could have more supplies. And it just starts going insane. Like, the mom goes insane because, duh, she's lost two of her kids. And not, I don't know what, how long of a period this time. This movie takes place, but it doesn't seem like a long period of time. No, it's like a week. Yeah. So, of course, she said something about we've we've looked for three days and three nights, and we can't look anymore. He's gone. Yeah. Because that sneaky wolf. Mm-hmm. The same wolf that took the cup. You son of a bitch, lying dead. You. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out it's the same wolf that was Little Red Riding Hood for the little brother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and then, like, Catherine, she signs her name in the devil's book because she sees Caleb and Sam, and she wants them back. And then... That actually doesn't happen, and a crow pecks at her boob. And that's honestly... The whole titty part. Yeah, and that's honestly one of the coolest shots I have ever seen in a movie. This movie has some of the coolest fucking shots I've ever seen. Uh, Good and disturbing. Good and disturbing. And after that, shit... Keep more shit keeps happening, and the twins, um, the twins do say, I just watched this, but I have a shitty memory, and I thought I wrote this down, but I didn't. The, the twins accuse Thomason of being the witch, and she, in turn, tells their parents that they've been talking to Black Phillip. So... They're locked in the goat shed. And surprise, surprise, crazy shit happens in there. The greatest thing. I know. Do you want to say what that is, Eddie? Yeah. uh, There's this whole lead up of the little twins are making mention of Black Phillip told us he was a witch, Thomas, and Black Phillip told us. Weird little creepy twins. And then... (laughs) They all get locked in with this goat, Thomason, the twins. And this is after her dad threw her under the bus. She overheard that he was about to sell her off to some other family because mom wanted to get rid of her. Mom's blaming her for stealing the cup, and he's letting her take it. And he's supposed to be, like, the only one on her side. 
And then she's like, fuck you. Everyone in this family did me dirty. The twins did me dirty. <laughs> poor brother Caleb, he went to the moon and got seduced and loved up <laughs> by some demon witch. And he's gone. And then mom's got her titty eaten apart in the, <laughs> the living room. And she's lost it. I just had to, she had to kill her mom at, later in the movie after this. And she gets locked up in the goat shed with the twins and Thomason. And then, dun, 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 it's not uh, fuckery. It is the real Dark Lord Satan in the form of Black Phillip. But what's sweet is Black Phillip comes alive and he starts speaking to her. And he asks her, like, uh, so, like, you went in on the deal? And she's just like, well, what do you got to give? And he lists off this fine list of things that any young 1600s lady would be weighed down with. And she goes with it and becomes the witch. What's sweet about that scene is I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but the, like, you, it shot over the back of the head of the goat, so you see kind of it. But the shadow in the background is that of a man. I know. I just saw, yeah. I just saw that last time I watched it. There's so many things in this movie that you cannot, you will not catch all the things on the first try. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then they go into the woods, and then there's like sweet ass chanting, and there's a coven of witches, and they're all levitating in the air, and I'm just like naked, this, <laughs> naked, and it's like this is the coolest thing ever. I'm so excited. It's got the greatest payoff. Of, like, any horror movie I can think of. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree. So. And and I love the fact that at the end that Thomason is enjoying the whole thing. She's like, my whole family just got slaughtered, but I'm flying. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, her family was ridiculously shitty. And, and Black Phillip's just offering her, would you like butter... Would you like a new dress? Would you like to see the world? I'm like, uh, yeah, duh. Yeah, I totally want to do that. I'll take that over dying out here in the wilderness. <laughs> dude. Or getting picked up into lady slavery for some dude I don't know. I take that now. Like, if a goat just walked through my door and was like, do you want some butter? I'd be like, fuck yeah, I want some butter. He doesn't even have to finish the sentence. I'd go with the talking Satan goat to get me butter. It was a lot harder to get back then. I'd have to get, like, a new MacBook or something. <laughs> some, some fine item. Something you can't buy for 50 cents at the grocery store? Yeah. Would you like a, would you like a Ferrari? You know, well, yes, Satan. I would like a Ferrari. I feel like today Satan would give that to you. If I mean, me too. Yeah. It's a very Satanish thing to give. I know. A red Ferrari. That's what he would drive, I imagine. Yeah, Satan's that really cool dude. Who just, like, he has a Ferrari, but he's not, like, an asshole about it. Yeah. He's, yes, that's the move. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eddie, since you're our special guest, I know you love this movie, and I want you to talk about how much you love this movie and why you love this movie. 
I can do that. Yay. I love this movie. This movie, I hold this movie very much on high to where, like, if, I mean, this needs to go in, like, the Smithsonian. If somebody was like, we need to see a piece of American film, I'd be like, well, we'll show you The Witch. Robert Eggers, he's American, right? Is he on our team? Let me check that. I thought he was British. Damn it. Let me check. But I could be wrong. I'm checking Wikipedia. I think you're right, now that I said it. Well, then... He's American. Yeah. He was born in New Hampshire. Yes, we'll keep him. All right. (laughs) Let's put this in the Smithsonian, because this is like... This is fine art, but it is not artsy-fartsy, as my co-host Karen would say. <laughs> there's artsy and then there's artsy-fartsy, and that's where I draw, we draw the line. Yeah. But it's just the level of detail that Eggers puts into this. He researched it for some crazy amount of years, like five years or something yeah. before he made it. Everything in it is like legit from the period. It's when you turn it on, you're sucked into that world, into this creepy, dreary very real piece of American time, like, history. And, I mean, it's not a, it is not a pleasant place. And people think they're, I've heard people say, oh, it's so slow. I don't think it's slow one bit. I am tied in from the beginning to the end with a wonderful payoff and so many terrible, creepy things along the way. You know, I don't like the word slow for movies unless something is just like, oh my god, this is going nowhere. I think. I mean, have you seen Darling? That, that's what I say is slow. I actually, that was my first episode of The Bloodlust that I listened to because I'm, I'm actually really good friends with Andrew. Oh. Yeah. We've made movies together. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. What kind of movies? Uh. Short, silly movies, stuff that's right. in his Godzerific stuff, Godzerific film festivals. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he usually does put them out on Prime about a year after they show at his festival, so it might be out later this year. The movie that I'm in. Oh, cool. So, yeah, darling. I actually did enjoy Darling, but I do know what you're talking about. Right? It says shots of staircases and still shots of water slowly dripping. Yeah, and... I don't have the attention span for it. On our show, we don't... Because I'm not a movie critic. I don't know anything about movies. I've never studied film. I've only watched a lot of movies. So I just... I convey my... Like, how I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that's the same way that I am. I mean, like, I tell people I went to film school, and it's just to sound more prestigious when actually I took, like, general courses and dropped out because degrees are expensive. (laughs) 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 So, So true. Yeah. So, like, I enjoy movies on how they make me feel. And this movie made me feel very unpleasant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think... I agree with Eddie. I don't think it's slow. Like, nothing happens. I think it's deliberately paced. 
to be to get more and more intense as the movie goes along. But it does to me. It starts out very intense. Oh, I showed this movie at my house a couple weeks ago. I've got a projector and I shoot it outside, and I had some of my family members down and uh, some of their friends. I had to give everybody a buffer ahead of time. Well, I just gave it to my family members in private. I was like, hey, just so you know, if you don't like this movie, I won't say there's about a lot of them, but you're just wrong. You'll be wrong. (laughs) We won't agree. So if you don't like it, I mean, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. And then uh, turned out they all loved it. So I was relieved. Oh, that's great. I'm always hesitant to share movies that I, I don't know if they'll have a general appeal. But then again, I hate movies with general appeal. So. I, I saw the Rotten Tomatoes numbers on The Witcher way up from when we reviewed it originally. Yeah, you guys did it, like, right when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it was not well received. Nobody liked it. Oh, no. Like, I know a lot of people who don't like it now, and I'm just like, what? Just tell them they're wrong and move on. I, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> y- yeah, you're you're wrong. And I actually don't know if Joe likes it because I haven't talked with him about it. <laughs> so we might just be telling Joe he's wrong. <laughs> well, I hope so, we're not quite also, my, my quick two cents here. Um, because I, I wanted to interject something here, too. Both of you were saying that you didn't think it was a slow movie. I personally thought it was slow-paced, but it was interesting enough to keep my attention. So it, the pace of it was intentional, I believe, that it was supposed to feel like real life. And oh, yeah. that's what sucked you in. It wasn't some mm-hmm. fast-paced, like, peppermint I just watched. It's nonstop action. It's like, real life doesn't happen like that. There's points in downtime when things just aren't happening. And I felt like they were trying to show what real life would be like back then. Real life back then was slow-paced compared to our highly technological lives that we, that we live now. So I did feel it was a little bit slow. But I loved the story. I loved everything that was happening. I loved how it was paced to where, ooh, something interesting little bit of slowness. Ooh, something interesting. And and it did build up. It ramped up very, very well to a great, great payoff ending to where you didn't know what was going to happen and all of a sudden she's making a deal with the devil, which was foreshadowed at the very beginning of the movie at the river, which I didn't realize till the second time that I watched it. She said exactly what happens. When she's like, oh, I'm the witch, I'm the witch, I was the one that's been stealing this, and and I will haunt you, and I've been dancing with the devil naked at night, and I will sign his book, and you twins will die. And, and then that happens an hour later in the movie, exactly what she says. I know. It's great. It's yeah. so great how a lot of this stuff was pulled out of journals, like, real journal entries from that time. Like, these were actual fears people had. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. Like, I went to Baptist (laughs) church growing up. Religious people are scared of... Devoutly religious people are scared of everything. 
Oh, um, my mom is, will get like will order food. It'll be six dollars and sixty six cents, and she will order something else. <laughs> oh, well, give me something else. Give me extra cheese on that, please. Oh my! Okay. So on the six 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 thing here, another random story. Used to work at Papa John's. I was a manager there. At the end of one night, I was counting my money, and I had to make a cash deposit. The money that was left in the safe in cash, $666. And I thought, oh, well, that's kind of interesting, kind of odd. Stuck it in the safe. End of the night, as I'm locking up the door, I get robbed at gunpoint. Oh, shit. And all of the other managers are like, why would you not take a dollar out or add another dollar? Just be off a dollar. It's like, that's the amount. I didn't think anything of it. Well, God sure showed you. <laughs> that love of money right there. <laughs> That's why my mother's still safe safe and sound and not getting robbed. She changes her prices and things. <laughs> Eddie, I'm so glad your mom does not get robbed at gunpoint. Me too. <laughs> and Joe, I'm sorry that you were robbed at gunpoint. Yeah, Joe, that sucks. As a fellow... Pizza man. Yeah. That's the worst. Hey, have we all delivered pizza at some point? Or- oh, do yeah, we, we pizza bonded? We pizza bonded! Yes! I love pizza people. I know. Okay, who worked, who worked for where? I worked for Papa John's and Domino's. I did everywhere but Papa John's. Pizza Hut, Domino's, uh, two local places, Hungry Howie's. Ooh, I love Hungry Howie's. I did the circuit. Ah. I worked for Jets Pizza, and then I worked for... <laughs> Jets is the best. Oh, my God. Jets is the best. Jets is so good. <laughs> like, I know Amy and them are up in Michigan, and that's where it's from, but I don't know if they had it in Ohio. We just got one. Oh. And I sent them all a picture of me eating it. Oh, so happy. great. That was my special treat when I go visit them. Oh, no. It's, so it's Jets. It's legitimately the best pizza I've ever had. Here, here, quite. Yeah. So I'm so glad we did this so we could all pizza bond. <laughs> we're bonding over our love for the witch and we're bonding over our love of pizza. It's beautiful. Okay. It was only lit with candles and natural light. Yes. I'm just reading this off the old, uh... Isn't that fucking insane? But I, like, watching it and knowing that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, this didn't have any unnatural light. Yeah, the second time through, I paid close attention to that, because I didn't read that until in between my two watchings. And the natural light adds such an effect to everything, very much like the Revenant. Revenant also used natural lighting for the entire shooting and filming. And it just adds a totally different feel than you would if you had big old lights hung up and strung up and everywhere, which where they were filming, there is no way they were going to get any lights out there without a generator running and making tons of noise because they were out in the middle of nowhere, Canada. Oh, they did film in Canada. That's neat. Yeah. They wanted to film over in Europe, except that the tax something or other was too high that they couldn't afford it 
So then they ended up going to Canada, but then they went through Canada, couldn't find anything, and then ended up in some very remote place that was like hours away from anywhere. And I was like, oh, well, we found the spot. And they just set up there? Yep. That's neat. That's really neat. I love the fact, too, that wardrobe handmade all of the outfits. I know. Just the attention to detail in this movie is what makes it so great. Because, you know, if there were, if this was the same exact script, but I don't know, directed by James Wan or whatever, I just, it wouldn't work. I, it wouldn't work. I think that's why I say it's got to go like in the Smithsonian. Like it's, you could walk through this set and be like, you could take kids on, <laughs> you could take children on field trips there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, children, this is, this is where the little boy had a seizure. Said, how about that kid's oh, no. acting? Oh how my! About young Harvey Scrimshaw's acting ability, because that's the best child acting I've ever seen. Oh yeah, like I personally. I'm a lot like Jamie. I like the feeling of just awfulness while watching a movie. <laughs> I like to be depressed and anxiety filled and that and woo, that scene did it for me. It, I like remember watching it for the first time and I was literally like just shaking. Cause it oh, it left me like with my mouth hanging open. Yeah, this this movie I watch in like a constant state of like oh, oh my gosh. <gasps> yeah, just like Can you imagine trying to direct that kid to do that? All right, little boy. This is what we're going to need you to do. We're going to need him you to act like you're possessed by the devil, but then you're going to get some sort of pass and you're going to see the Lord and you're going to feel total jubilation <laughs> and exalt. You're going to feel exalted. Then you're going to fade off peacefully into nothing. Okay, little boy? Now go ahead and do that for me. He just, he did it. He did it. And he did it very well. Maybe he's a method actor and he actually went through that a couple of times first. Maybe he's 54 years old. <laughs> I don't know. His name's Harvey. That's like an old person name. Maybe it's a stage name. It's what? Maybe it's a stage name. It might be. His real name is, like, Nick. <laughs> it's a very adorable name. I know. Hi there, I'm a, just a little boy with red hair and freckles all over my face. My name's Harvey Scrimshaw. Well, you got the job, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how his audition went and I will accept nothing else as canon <laughs> but all of them were really good I even liked the twins they the were twins creeped me they were so, so creepy. creepy why are twins in movies so creepy like I didn't even like the Mary and Kate and Ashley Olsen movies because I thought they were too creepy <laughs> It was great when you thought they were one kid on a full house, but when you find out there's two of them, yeah, it's it's so scary. <laughs> That's the next horror movie, adult Olsen twins starring in anything. 
<laughs> I don't know. I do like their sister. She's in the Avengers movies, and she's a babe. I forget her name. But yeah, like, twins are just scary, and I think that's just from... I know they're not twins in The Shining, but they're very identical sisters. Let's just say children. Children in general. Children are terrifying. Have you... Like, I I know you got kids, but, like, children are really scary. Like, they have no sense of fear. No, uh, my daughter's weirdly obsessed with graveyards right now, and she's six, and she's, like, way, she's trying to figure out, like, what's going on with graveyards and burying people, and we have one at the end of our road, and I'll pull down, and she, here are some of the gems of knowledge that she'll just drop on me, sit in the back seat, and she'll go, Dad, I know they bury babies in the graveyard. I'm like, What? I know they do it. That's what those little graves are with babies on them. Oh. Graves. It's like, well, yeah, sometimes that'll happen. And then here's the other one. Hey, Dad, I know they wrap the bodies in rope before they put them in the ground. That way they can't move. And I was like, I don't know if they do that, but they might. Where are you learning this stuff? I don't know, but they wrap bodies in rope, Dad. I'm telling you. <laughs> so that's a little creepy. Off of that, uh, going back to the movie I made with Andrew Shearer, it was it was uh, called, and then the werewolf turned into a person, and it was just me and D Flower doing dialogue that his kid had said. Awesome! And it's wonderful. I I I can't wait until I get to show it to everybody. I'm like, this is the weirdest fucking thing you'll ever see. Watch it. I love. Uh, he's got a part in a section of a movie he did late night cable that's just his kid running around with a camera oh, filming like weird shadows and stuff and he put a soundtrack to it and it's great oh yeah <laughs> like that was actually one of the scariest things I saw in a movie theater that year cause uh, he does have a um, he does do a screening every year and usually in October where he'll play all the movies that his uh, group of friends have made for Gonzerific, and a lot, and like a lot of the times he'll give his daughter a camera and she'll just make make stuff, and it's great. And that was one of them. But yeah, kids kids are creepy, like, and they have no sense of fear. I go to the rock climbing gym. And I'll see, like, four-year-olds make it to the top of, like, a 20-foot wall with no gear. And I'm just like, get down! You're scaring me! I don't even go over, like, five feet without being (laughs) attached to something. That's because they all watch Roadrunner cartoons and nobody ever dies in those things. They're resilient. They just bounce once they hit the ground. They don't care. I think that's more it. Just children are made of rubber and they don't get hurt. (laughs) That reminds me of Harry Potter where they find out Neville is a wizard because he bounced back once he was dropped out of the balcony. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Neville. (laughs) Uh, 
Another thing that we do here at the Extra and Ordinary, we read the Harry Potter books and talk about them, and it's great. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're welcome to be on any one of them, because I know you are a awesome person and like awesome things like Harry Potter. Obviously, we love Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the going back to the movie, the twins, like, they really conveyed that perfect balance of creepy but childlike innocence like when they were singing the black phillip song they made up i'm just like this is really fucking scary but very adorable and cute yeah they weren't out, out of the realm of you know real human children yeah they, they were weren't Holly, they weren't horror movie tropes they were just there's something about those kids i don't like yeah like they're not like the girls from The Shining or whatever child is in a Conjuring movie. They were they were just kind of like normal kids making up songs, playing with the goat. They almost legitimately got taken out by Black Phillip during the filming of this. <laughs> and they had to green screen out a leash on him. Because he was like really trying to take those children out. Oh yeah. So wow. he's tied up. But they had to take it out in the movie. You want to know what's a really weird coincidence? The goats, like the goat who played Black Phillip, his actual name is Charlie. And in the movie Hereditary, it circles around a kid named Charlie. I just thought that was really interesting. Because they're both, like, they're kind of similar. They really were both released by A24 and they kind of have that deliver deliberately paced kind of vibe. I just thought that was interesting. Can't go wrong with the old A24. Oh no, they have come out with some of my favorite horror and non-horror movies for the last several years. And I think all of them have managed to scar me in one way or another. Did they make the invitation? Just, I don't well, let me see. believe so. But the invitation is also a really good movie. Sure is. But do find that out because I really do love the invita- invitation. Even though I will admit the first time I watched it, I did not feel it. It is not A24. No, it is not. I think it was independently released like on to Netflix or something. Anyway, The Witch. Mm-hmm. It was scary and creepy, and I loved it. Um, I really did like that The Witch did take... Or... Uh, the Satan took the form of other animals such as the rabbit and the crow. I thought that was really cool. As well as being Black Phillip. I'm going to go back and count all the animals they show and how many witches are, on, are around that circle at the end. Yeah. Ooh, that's an interesting thought. Because I think every one of those is a different witch. Oh, Yeah. Because he tries to shoot the rabbit and the gun backfires into his eye. And then, uh, you know, the crow is eating the boob. 
There's all kind of, they make all the appearances. You got a goat, a rabbit, raven, little red riding hood, little red riding hood, <laughs> the ultra fox, the wolf that we never see. Yeah, the wolf. Wasn't the wolf for a, a scapegoat? Yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh. Black Phillip was literally the scapegoat. Yeah. Mercy was the scapegoat. Oh yeah, Mercy. For the whole family. Or not Mercy, Thomason was the scapegoat for the whole family until she had enough. And uh, like, the shot of her like beating her mom and like her being pinned down on the ground and just like stabbing and stabbing at her mom's face and just more blood piling onto her, just splattering, and she's like terrified. She, she really does. I think Anya Taylor Do- Joy does a really good job in this movie pulling off the innocence of a child, but also displaying the maturity of adult. She looked so sad to kill her mom. I know. She captured being looking so terrified and sad to do this. The only time I think she is happy in that entire movie is what at first when she's playing with Sam. She's mm-hmm. just like peekaboo, hi. Like who's not happy when you're playing peekaboo with a little baby? And then the baby's gone. And I don't think she smiles anymore throughout the entire movie. Well, the whole world's against her after that. Yeah. This is one kid and everybody hates her. Yeah. So. <laughs> three other ones. Sometimes I'll That's get. That's what the dad even says. At one point in the movie, he's like, well, wife, we shouldn't be so greedy and be sad that one, just one of our children died. It's hard times out here. Look at all these other children we have. Like, that was how. And one of them's not even his. She had that infidelity, and the youngest son's not even her kid. Is that right? I was reading that that she admits that at some point. I couldn't. I didn't read with the subtitles, but apparently she says something about an infidelity that I think I read on Wikipedia or some Rotten Tomatoes. Some somebody's review of the movie that she admitted to an infidelity that the youngest son was not his. Oh, my, my. Oh, shit. No Which was her worries. sin. And then he had his sins, and the kids had their sins, and that's why they all had to die. But because of the purity of Thomason, because she hasn't done anything wrong, is why she gets to live through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't even catch that. Me either. And I've watched this quite a few times now. <laughs> I only read it on one site, so maybe he's making something up, or maybe it's in the director's cut or something. I don't know. It's in the witch fan fiction. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I don't think I would want to read that. The witch fan fiction. That sounds very wrong. It's only about the two siblings. I'd like to see what Thomason's up to now. Oh, my God. That'd be fucking cool. See, look who's into the witch fan fiction now. <laughs> I do have an idea for a witch sequel that I'll get into later. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. She, she probably changed her name, moved to Massachusetts, and now goes by the name Blair. 
so have you guys ever gotten the question oh if you could go go back and live at any time what time would you live at I mean yes I've been asked this question (laughs) yeah I mean let me tell you that's the worst question you could ask to anybody who's not white or male I mean, it still would have sucked back then. It would have sucked to live any time before, like, 1988. Like, I don't want to go back any further than that. Yeah. And, like, this is a prime example of, like, women were basically, like, commodity. Even your dad will sell you off. Yeah. It's like, I just listened to your guys' episode about the witch about a week ago and uh, you were debating about her age because she would have been sold off if she was like any older than 14, 15 years old. The mom gives says uh, to the dad she goes well I don't know what old timey term they use for well she's gotten her period so let's get her out of here she's good to go. Yeah, it's like, kind of like in Game of Thrones, which the mom was in, as we mentioned earlier, that, you know, once, like, women will try to hide their periods because they don't want to be sold off, and I'm like, that is the worst. (laughs) That sounds awful. Yeah. Sorry, all the women of the history that had to to live through that. I know. It's awful. But it it does make me happy that in the end, she's, like, floating around, being a witch, hanging out with Satan, being so happy. Yeah. You know, witchcraft was the original lady empowerment. I know! Live off in the woods. We don't need no man. We're going to do witch shit. Yeah, I... I was actually, like, wearing um, my Salem hoodie to work today because it was 72 degrees, and I was cold. (laughs) Um, I'm in Georgia, so I know you guys are very, probably very offended by that. (laughs) But anytime it dips below 75, I'm cold as fuck. So I wore my witch hoodie and I got asked a lot of questions and I was just like, I got this in Salem when I was learning about the witch trials and it was very fun and very informative and very empowering because like if you've ever done even like the briefest history of like witches, particularly in Salem, it was awful Everybody was a witch. Every- you did anything slightly wrong, you're a witch. If you fucking... You didn't even have to do anything wrong. You just have somebody that wants to accuse you, and all of a sudden you're a witch. Oh, yeah. It's so fucked up. But it was cool. I got to meet, like, ghosts and shit there. That also brings up one point, too, that I thought was interesting in the movie. Was that when all of a sudden Thomason's being accused of being this witch, and Dad's like... Do you like prayer? Yes. Do you like the Bible? Yes. See? She's not a witch. 
She likes prayer and Bible, obviously. She's not a It still reminded me of Monty Python. I was like, well, she weighs as much as a duck. She's obviously not a witch. <laughs> You had to say yes to two questions, and she could have totally been lying the entire time. How does that make her not a witch? Yeah, someone but, someone could come up to me and just like you're a witch, and I'm like, no. They're like, do you like the Bible? And I'd be like, yeah, I love the Bible. When that, lead, that scene leads right into the awesome scene where Thomason's finally had enough and gives it to her dad, calls him out on all the bullshit. I know. Hypocrite. You drop, drops the biggest bomb out of us. All you can do is chop wood. You <laughs> stole mom's cup. You talk shit on me. You lost. All your kids are dead. You, you can't hunt. You can't fish. Yeah. So how's all that chopped wood coming along? <laughs> we're, we're in here eating half a bean each. <laughs> and then he symbolically dies under his pile of wood. Yeah. The only thing... Men are ever good for hardwood. Wood. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I won't disagree. Alright. Uh, I do. I want to pitch my witch sequel. Sequel? Yes, please. So it takes place in current day and it's. In, like, the same New England town, but it's all, like, modern and shit. It's, like, hipster cafes and all that bullshit. And it's very white and affluent. And However, there's just... This goat just walks into places and just starts killing people. And then there's a detective. A detective group who tries to solve like what is going on who's the culprit and they find out the culprit is black philip and the lead detective's name is philip and everybody just calls them regular philip throughout the entire movie so he gets pissed off and joins black philip just like thomason at the end of the witch can Anya Taylor-Joy be in this movie looking the exact same age as she was when she became the witch? Oh, absolutely. I planned on it. Excellent. <laughs> With the $5 million budget I don't have, <laughs> nor the connections. But, honestly, like, submitting to Black Phillip that just sounds cool to do no matter what's going on. Like, a goat starts talking to you. is like, yeah, well, I'll give you all this stuff. I'm waiting for the day. Mine haven't talked to me yet, but I'm, you know, fingers crossed every time I go out there. Come on, buddies. <laughs> go ahead with it. Let's hear your pitch. Okay, speaking of your other goats, what did... Because I know you said... I know this is off topic, but what did you name your other goats? Oh, I have. Well, I got three that came with names. Bency, Bency, Bentley, Quincy, and Shakira, which those are great. (laughs) (laughs) All the ones I've got, I've got Maple, Lily, Reba, Black Phillip, Big Ronnie, (laughs) and Lucifer. Lucifer. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that so much. I also very much love Big Ronnie. I'm going to make the guys, I'm going to make everybody watch it, and we're going to do an episode on it soon. Oh, the Greasy Strangler is yeah. so good. In Big Ronnie, I laugh all the time just going like, Big Ronnie, come here, buddy. He's, <laughs> he's the nicest little guy. Aww. I always tell him how much of a smoothie he is. He's such a smoothie, Big Ronnie. I, I, I say bullshit artist regularly, and people are like, what? Yeah, uh, make as many people as you can watch The Greasy Strangler. Oh, uh, this is diverting, but on my birthday, we went out for Mexican food, and then I brought everybody back to my apartment of, like, ten people, and we all watched The Greasy Strangler. That's a good birthday right there. Oh my god, it was the (laughs) best. Anyway, back to The Witch. That is the movie of the night that we're talking about. I do want to go back to, like how strict religion is because like as i said before i went to baptist church you you really couldn't do anything without them being like that's a sin no i i said on our episode about it i did i grew up the same way was your church the whole thing based on you got to work constantly everybody the lord blesses the working man oh yeah it was like hard work and, no fun. Yeah. Like, you gotta pray every day. You can't do anything wrong, and if you do something wrong, you gotta, like, pray for forgiveness until God sends you a sign that he's forgiven you. And, uh, like, the top of a very racist grinder profile. No blacks, no Jews. <laughs> <laughs> the top of a very racist grinder profile. That's actually a really big thing going on in the gay community. <laughs> but, like, it was very white. Like, zero diversity. I mean, how much diversity can you expect in, like, a Baptist church? But, come on. Uh, church is one of the last, like, segregated things of America. Oh, yeah. There's still black church and white church. We still got white haircut places and black haircut places. <laughs> other than that, we're together. Yeah. Just like, just like Black Philip would have wanted. Black Philip is so pro diversity. He's so like pro woman. Like he might have been the first feminist in America. He's got a sociology degree. <laughs> And he kept two white token goat friends, too. (laughs) (laughs) He He had a white girlfriend. He had a white girlfriend. He was... Yeah, like... But no, he, like, let... He, like, let women do what they want before anybody else did in America, and that's fucking rad. I feel 2020. I'd vote for him. Yeah, me too. I'm going to write him in. Do it. (laughs) Actually, don't do that. We need to get Donald Trump out as soon as possible. (laughs) No. What we need to do is we need to convince all of America to write in Black Phillip. And then you'll just be like, hey, I've got Black Phillip. And then your goat will be president. (laughs) Our platform stands for 
a, a bowl of butter at every house, a fine dress, and free trick tickets to see the world. <laughs> Who's in? Hell yeah! Oh, if, I didn't mention this before. Uh, this movie is endorsed by the Satanic Temple. I actually have uh, friends who are a part of the Atlanta chapter of the Satanic Temple who really do like this film and what it represents. That Satan's not the bad guy. Satan's not the villain. Satan, Satan's like the hero. The one who questions. Yeah. That's why they made him a goat. That's why he's the symbol of the temple of Satan. I know. Goats do what they want. It's their hot body. They do what they want. They don't listen to anybody. I know. It's great. I love goats. That's why That's why Addison called me in on this. For goat expertise. Honestly, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joe, you have a theory. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, my theory, which kind of, I touched on it a little bit. When she's down by the river and she's explaining what happens at the end of the movie, what if the end of the movie was actually somewhere towards the beginning of the movie? So when she goes and she's covered in blood and she's talking with the goat and she signs this stuff and becomes a witch and then kind of floats off into the sky for a little bit. What if that happened right after they left the, not the, was it the preservation? After they left the city, they got kicked out. She has this encounter with, with the, the goat and the witches and everything when they steal a baby. So she steals the baby. She's covered in blood from the baby's blood. She floats in the sky. She comes back and she actually was orchestrating this entire thing the entire time. I think that is a very fun theory. Yeah, it's fun to think about. I don't think it's true, but I thought it was an interesting theory. I mean, as long as you're not, like, one of those people who says, my very fabricated story, it's so canon. Like, it's what happened, no matter what the author says. Yeah, but I think it. I think if you watch, rewatch it, thinking that it makes it an interesting twist of her actually knowing the whole time that she's a witch and that she's going to kill her entire family. And if you actually think that, oh, she's the one that's controlling the goat. She's the one that's causing the kids to do all of this. She's actually the one who stole the baby at the beginning. And what we saw was just her excuse of what happened. Kind of makes a little bit of a twist of, uh-huh. well, that's interesting. I actually really do like that. I think that's really interesting how you got that perspective and, on that. And that's how she knew what it took to become a witch, how she knew she'd have to write her name and dance with the devil and all this other stuff, and why the kids were like so accusatory of her being a witch and all this other stuff, and... She brought all of that into the family, so that's why the goat talks to the little kids, because the kids are susceptible to that stuff, and the parents aren't as susceptible because they've been ruined by life and all this other stuff. And it's, just, <laughs> it's just all kind of clicks and makes sense. It's like, huh, that's a 
it's a possibility. Yeah. Doesn't seem likely, but it's a possibility. Yeah, I do feel like if Thomason was an adult, it wouldn't have worked. Like, I feel like if Black Phillip talked to any adult, be like, would Sal like the taste of butter? <laughs> so, like, some adult would just be like what is going on here some some adult would just be like is this a multi-level marketing scheme I don't know what's going on (laughs) what's the catch here buddy what's the catch what's the fine guilt afford to give me any of this stuff where's the goat gonna get stuff from does the goat milk itself for butter yeah is it goat butter or is it cow butter yeah and that's why adults aren't fun Besides us. Because we believe in the power and magic of Black Phillip. Amen. I really, really do love this movie a lot. Uh, To get back on more of the serious topic of the movie. Is that there's really not any other movie that's like it. Like, it's so original with the way that it's told, the way that it's filmed, and the story itself is very original. Like, I feel like in most movies that are about Satan, we touched on this earlier, Satan's the bad guy. And it's like, no, this movie's like, fuck that. Satan's the best. He's in goat form. And he gives this girl, like, away from her shitty, abusive family... And I think that's what I really like about it. I also really, really love movies where chaos just ensues. And this movie, while it's subtly chaotic, it is very chaotic. The whole thing is chaotic from the beginning. As soon as they get kicked out, nobody has a clue of what's going on or what to do or how to take care of anything. None of them. Yeah, and I've discovered something about my horror taste, like, as I got older, is that, like, I like horrors that are dramas. Like, like this. Like, it's really just a family drama, much like The Invitation is a drama about grief, or Hereditary is also a drama about grief. And, like, and sometimes even, like, The Shining is a drama about a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. So, even though I do like my horror comedy, I did like Puppet Master The Little Strike. <laughs> I, I just like it. Um... Uh, words are hard. Why are words hard? And just, I really like that this movie can be presented as a very, very serious, dramatic film. Like, I think it's more of a drama movie than it is a horror movie. Yeah, there's some very heavy horror elements, but most of the story... Like, without the factor of the witch, it's just a family fighting with each other. 
and trying to figure out what the fuck to do. And that's very relatable. So that's why I really particularly enjoy it. I'm with you. That is also why I enjoy it. The whole family dynamic, like the dose of relatable things, even though it happened hundreds of years ago. I mean... Peppered in with the old devil, giving you a good payoff at the end, shebang. It's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. You can't get any better. Yeah, and I don't get people who don't like the ending of this movie. I'm just like, it's witches literally dancing with the devil, naked, in a forest. I don't understand what there's not to like about it. No, yeah, I, I, me neither. When it starts happening, just a smile grew across my face. So I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah. It's not some... It's not like the end of the village where it turns out there's no super monster and it's just people. I don't want to find out such people. I want some supernatural shit. They gave it to us. Oh, yeah. Like, I always, like... I real like, I don't mind when it's people but I just think supernatural shit is much cooler than people that's what I was trying to say but words are hard words are hard I talk on the phone all day and I tell people words are hard and they're like what are you talking about I'm just like, I'm just like words are hard I talk all day <laughs> and I don't think they could have ended it any other way because if you I don't know I was trying to think of like Ooh, what could be a better ending? It really isn't one. Because if it ends up being like a face-off with the one witch, then that totally ruins the entire movie for me. If she were to, like, confront the witch that stole her family and killed off her parents other than her mom when she personally killed, it just, it ruins the entire pace. It ruins the feel of the movie. And the way this was done, it kept the same pace. It kept the same feel. And it gave you that that spark of light at the end that there was still hope for her to have a happy ending. That she's now somewhere she belongs, somewhere that she's encouraged to be, somewhere where she's loved by all of these other people. And that's I thought that was great. That her whole family turns against her, now she's got this other family that actually cares and respects for her. Assumed. She never actually talks to the other witches at this moment, but I'm assuming she's not there for the sacrifice I mean, of a virgin. I mean, the witches and I, in my coven, we all have potlucks and shit every now and again. That was a joke. But that was... That's a nice idea. <laughs> it's a nice idea. But, yeah, and, like, I, that's what I really do like about it as well, because it really feels inclusive and like kind of like queer a little bit like a queer perspective like you're not accepted by your family you're accepted by a rad bunch of people who like to fuck around in the woods and that's okay she found her place she found her home she found her people she found her tribe she found her coven and that's so nice Family means no one's left behind. I hope we all find you all find your coven listeners. Yeah. I 
Yeah, you're right, Joe. Like, any other ending, I don't think this movie would have worked for me. Like, I... Again, like... In the entirety of this movie, I guess you could argue that the witch is bad because she stole a baby and turned it into mush. I mean, haven't we all made mistakes in our partying days? Haven't we all stolen babies and murdered families? Come on. Yeah, guys. We've all... I'm sure we've all done some things we're not proud of. But even if she was there for, like, to be the sacrifice, that just wouldn't make sense to me. Or if she wanted to, like, kill herself to be a sacrifice, it just makes no sense. There's nothing else that makes sense other than for her to find her place. Because that's basically what the entire movie was, of her struggle was to find her place. Because it was not with this family, but she was stuck with them. This was her only way out. Yeah, and it, as the black sheep, if you will, or the black goat of the family myself. It really is hard when you're growing up in a family that, like, they love you, but they don't really understand you. Yeah. So, I really do feel for Thomason, and I really do think that it's, this is one of the most better portrayals of a young woman Honestly, this could be this could count as a coming of age movie. I, yeah. Yep. That's what makes it relatable, I think, to a lot of people. Is her coming of age and finding her place in the world. Being an outcast of the family and the one that always has to take the blame. Yeah. So I think we have talked about the witch in great detail. So, before we go, is there any parting words? I am going to ask one more question before we all go. But, does anybody have anything else they'd like to say about the witch? No. I just want to say again, thanks for having me on here. Thank you for literally... Thank you, for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Literally, like... A couple hours after I was like, Amy, we we don't have enough people. Do you have anybody that would join us? (laughs) I was like, if they can start after I put my children in bed, I'll be there. Of course. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think we covered it. Welcome. The only thing that I have um, that I took a note on was the, the score. One, it was one thing that stood out to me. Oh, uh, the score's so minutes. good. The first three minutes was just noise, and I could not understand why in the world they kept doing a louder crescendo for these scenes where nothing was happening. <laughs> it's like, okay, they got kicked out of the city. They're at a campfire. And I think and that was like very smart. And it's like, I, I, I didn't understand it until getting further into the movie. It's like, everything is building. And that's all that was trying to do, was just parallel what's going to be happening. And kind of give you an audio clue, because nothing was happening during that scene, but kind of foreshadowing, hey, guess what? It's going to slowly ramp up and things are going to get crazy. And there's going to be a lot of dissidents 
going on within the family as it is in the music. Yeah, and I think that was really smart the way he did it because horror audiences nowadays, like with stuff like The Conjuring and all that mess, and I know you like it, I'm sorry, Joe, but I... Okay, I'm going to lose all my street cred for saying this, and as a 25-year-old, 5-foot-tall white girl from the suburbs, that's a lot. I am a scaredy-cat. I was scared of the Little Mermaid ride at Disney World. <laughs> like, there's Sebastian the Crab singing Under the Sea, and it's so fun. And then the eels, like, come up, and it's really creepy. And it, I, like, like, I went cold. And I'm like, I, like, that legitimately scared me. I'm not scared of a lot of the horror movies that come out nowadays, especially stuff like The Conjuring, like... In The Conjuring, their soundtrack more has, like, those stings, like, Wee! like the, you know, they punctuate a scene or build, build it up right before the jump scare. This was just, like, in The Witch, it's like a sonic wash. It's, like, white noise, but not soothing. It's, like, black noise. Yeah. And I... Again, I think that was smart because horror audiences nowadays are trained to just jump at any loud sound. Because when a loud sound comes, there's something scary that pops out. And when there's a loud sound in this movie, not always does something scary pop out. Literally 90% of the time, nothing scary pops out. And that's great. And in this movie, a lot of things happen when there is no soundtrack in the background. So when she's playing peekaboo and the baby's gone, there was no music. Yeah. It was dead silent, and all of a sudden you're like, where's baby? Nothing happened. There were no footsteps. There was no music. Nothing should have happened. Yeah, there's no, like, dun a dun And I think that's smart. So, I think we've wrapped up our discussion of The Witch tonight. Thank you both for being on with me tonight. And I just have one more question. To end tonight say a black goat by the name of Philip comes up to you what are the three things that he offers you to join him I've always, there's some old fable of, with some magic pair of pants and it was like the guy in this fable had to wear this <laughs> shitty gross fur coat but I want his pants slightly altered no fur coat I want a pair of pants that you reach in one pocket <laughs> and you always pull the right exact amount of money out for whatever you need it's like what will that be $4.37 here it is so I want those pants uh, I mean I think that you pretty much that does it right there I don't think I need three I'm signing up you give me those britches and I'm in <laughs> So are those bottomless pockets then too, to where it's like, oh, we need four thousand dollars. Oh yeah, I can just pull it right out. Of yeah, right pocket. out. You're, you you can pull. So it. it doesn't matter what the amount is; the money's always in there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that does sound quite amazing. Yeah, you might need eight bucks to stop at Wendy's or twenty thousand dollars for a house. How much are houses in Ohio? Twenty. Yeah. Twenty grand. Shit. 
Oh, you can get some. You can get some very cheap houses in good old Akron, Ohio. You can go buy yourself a four thousand dollar house. Is that because nobody's living there anymore, or are the houses just that poorly kept? Um, you know, there's some oh. fixer uppers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking down payment. You need a good twenty G down payment for this house, sir. Okay. Right here in my pocket, just so happen to have it. Okay. That that doesn't really nice double wide. Joe, what do you what do you want from Black Phillip? I think the three things that would lure me. Um, I mean, it it sounds very common to at least growing up in the eighties and everything, but sex, rock and roll, and money. <laughs> Not sex with the goat. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying, Joe. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. That does remind me of a very funny story when you lived with me and you had a date and you were hoping it went well and you were going to put me up in a hotel <laughs> instead of renting the hotel yep. yourself. Well, I didn't want to leave her out in the street. You can never <laughs> sleep in her car. I've slept in my car. I slept my, I slept in my car, um, outside but of. I wouldn't. Do, I've done it too, but I wouldn't want to do that to you for my own loin happiness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, loin happiness is my new favorite phrase. So, going with that, if Black Phillips showed up to my door, the three things he that I would sign up for in his book and become a devout follower of him. Uh, a better boyfriend than the than the regular Philip I was dating. This is totally a wishmaster thing here. You just said better. You don't need a great one, just better. It only has to be like slightly better. You know what? At this point in my life, if I were to date again, I'd settle, like, my standards have been, like, completely, like, beaten down by the men I've been dating. <laughs> I was gonna say, you've been dating, like, ones and twos, so if you got a three, you'd be okay? <laughs> you don't want, like, a nine or a ten? Uh, I'd like a great... You want. <laughs> yeah, 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 wish high, <laughs> wish high. <laughs> I don't think you guys realize how much like I've been beaten down in my in my dating life where I'd settle for like a slightly better version of my ex-boyfriend. Um so that loin happiness. That's my new favorite quote. <laughs> and, an unlimited credit card. You have to pay that back. <laughs> An unlimited credit card that was already paid. That was paid by Black Phillip. He was he's just very charismatic. Oh, you get the black card. <laughs> Good one, Eddie. Um, and what else do I need? I don't know. Like the Black Phillip in the movie had it good. I really do like my butter. Maybe unending travel tickets? Yeah. I love to travel. I went, I am so fucking broke right now 
because I just wanted, like, I went to Orlando three times in the span of two months. Just because I wanted to. It was great. So, yeah, I think I would need unlimited travel tickets to support my hobbies, which is basically going to Disney World and Harry Potter World. I was going to say, maybe a key to Harry Potter World. Oh, my God, that'd be great. For your own Harry Potter World. Wait, I I still got two more. I want to add on (laughs) Harry Potter wizard powers and a uh, letter of Hogwarts accepting me. And it all to be real. Yeah, I want to change my answers to that, too. There's honestly nothing I wouldn't give up to go to Hogwarts. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's got to be one of the wishes. I know. I think I'd totally give up the rock and roll for special powers. Not necessarily Harry Potter powers, but just superpowers in general, all-inclusive of Harry Potter and Marvel. Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange is basically like a if Harry Potter and the Avengers had like a baby and it came out a very handsome man with a cloak. So Doctor Strange and Mary Poppins got it on and had Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that actually sounds great. Maybe that'll happen in the new Mary Poppins movie that is coming out. Or in an adult flick. At some point. Hey, don't don't ruin Mary don't ruin <laughs> Mary Poppins for me. <laughs> That's like the one thing like I want to remain innocent. <laughs> Alright. Guys, this has been so great. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yes, yes. Alright. Well, I think we're gonna go ahead and sign off. You wanna say bye guys? Goodbye, folks. Have a good evening, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thank you. Uh.